Yo, what up, everybody? Gang, 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 gang's in the house. What's happening tonight? Oh, wait, wait. Okay, okay. Ah. All right. Um. Yeah, I thought I had did four movies. I only did three. So what you see in the title is what we got for tonight. My bad. I forgot to do the hand. So the next one... Next go around. So let me give a shout out to everybody. Uh, to me, handling, keep it techie. My man, keep it techie. Yo, we're going to have to chop it up real soon, brother. Uh, Emerald Key, hey. Larry, uh, Big Mike, Big B, Melinda Ma, hey, mama. Hurricane, what's happening? What's happening? Latrell, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's in the house. Usual suspects in the house. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Let me run through my spiel real quick, and then we will get started. Okay. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Star Show featuring Superslot 75. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, producer extraordinaire Cindy Ashby, a.k.a. Boss. Uh, also, you can always visit us on www.onthewakeofradio.com. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, and now iHeartRadio for replays. So, yeah, moving forward, um, everything pretty much Morningstar show-related, um, Inquisitors-related uh, will be uh, on the wakeupradio.com. That is the official site. Uh, just in case, for whatever reason, if YouTube ever says uh, goodbye, uh, that's where I will always be. All my stuff will be over there. Also, please donate. Uh, any amounts which will go to airtime, website, it's a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message uncensored and free. You can always donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can always find me on uh, YouTube under Superslot75 or the backup channel, Heavily Flawed Individual. Uh, merchandise is always available at teespring.com forward slash Superslot75. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, let me um send out the linky links, links and stuff. I'm not gonna be on the backup channel. Stop, stop, stop. I just don't feel like doing it right now, so I'm just gonna keep it here on the main channel. All right, Neustro. Hey, premium. What's happening? Um. Hmm. All right, let's get it ready to rock out. First movie tonight, we're going to talk about uh, 1979, courtesy of Disney. Remember when Disney was actually making dark, dark movies? This is probably the darkest movie Disney has ever made uh, to me by far. I had wished they had stuck with this route and in the same vein and tone. This was pretty much, uh, they kind of piggyback off Star Wars with this movie, but it's still, um, this is like their the, the version of a cash grab. To certain extent, but this was a great movie. Great movie. It's called The Black Hole. The Black Hole. All right, so let's get into it. The year is 2130, and the ship's uh, robotic, uh, robotnik uh, assistant, Vincent, finds the biggest black hole. There is a ship 
that's sitting on the outer rim of the black hole holding course. It is the USS Cygnus. It left Earth 20 years prior. The ship hasn't moved and is able to sit at the edge of the black hole without being sucked in. They approach the Cygnus and they try to hail it with no response. Uh, the, the Palomino is caught in the black hole's gravitational pull. One of the ship's uh, uh, crew, mem- crew members, her name's Karen. She has ESP. Okay. The Palomino is brought out of the pool by the Cygnus. Karen can sense people on board the ship. And they dock. Vincent the robot uh, is fired upon with warning shots as they enter into the dock. The crew are led to a control room operated by robotic droids or drones, rather, but they don't know that they're, they're robots or they're humans. Okay. Maximilian, he is the captain of the Cygnus. Uh, he greets them with, uh, I'm sorry, Maximilian is, is, the, is the robot enforcer, the big red robot. If you don't remember anything from this movie, you remember Maximilian. He is the big red robot with the single visor, the red visor, and he doesn't speak or anything. Uh, he's, he's the enforcer. And uh, he kind of sometimes doesn't do what uh, his, his creator wants him to do. Uh, Captain Reinhardt introduces himself and orders Maximilian to stand down. Because initially, when Max pulls up, he pulls up on Vincent. Okay, so off the top, there's this friction between Vincent and Maximilian that, you know, you, for your first watching, you're like, okay, I hope these two get into it later on in the movie, which they will. Okay, so then uh, Reinhardt tells Karen her father had died. Karen's father was a shipmate on the USS Signet. He was one of the uh, higher, higher ranking captains. Under Reinhardt's command, Reinhardt says his crew didn't make it back after the mission recall. Reinhardt says he told his crew to abandon ship and that Karen's father stayed behind because of with Reinhardt. Reinhardt does not wish to return to Earth. He wants to go through the black hole. Okay. Vincent, the robot, and Maximilian have a long standoff. Holland, the ship's captain, the Palomino's captain, Holland is played by Robert Forster. Uh, Robert Forster, uh, if you remember him from Jackie Brown, he was the, 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 the uh, what is he? What is he? Not a parole officer, a bail bondsman, Robert Forster. He recently died not too long ago, okay? He plays Holland. Holland goes to get parts for the Palomino. The, the whole thing is to repair the ship and to get, out, to get out of there and go back to Earth, okay? Reinhardt has discovered a new power source. Holland goes exploring and witnesses a funeral and is discovered by Maximilian. So he sees his robot funeral. Okay. Robots shouldn't be having funerals because they're robots. Right. Uh, okay. Harry played by Ernest Borgnine. He comes across a robot drone. Holland tells Pizer robots are having a, a human like funeral. Reinhardt has developed anti has, has developed an anti-gravity technique to stave off from being sucked to the black hole. Okay. Um, Dr. Durant, played by Anthony Perkins, is infatuated by Reinhardt. Vincent has target practice. Everybody remembers the scene, this particular scene in Black Hole. They're, 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 the, the, droid, the droid drones are having target practice. There's one particular robot. He's all black. His name's Star. Star stands for Special Troops uh, Arms Regiment. So they're having target practice, right? And then Bob, they meet Bob. Bob is the older version of Vincent, the older model version. He's all beat up and shit. So they're watching 
uh, Star do his target practice thing. He's like I said, he's all blacked out. He was the original prototype before Max and Million was created. Okay, um, Vincent duels against the Star prototype Century. Uh, it was a prototype until Reinhardt built Maximilian. So then Holland, Pizer, Durant, and Harry and Kate have dinner with Reinhardt. Reinhardt tells them he's going into the black hole. Bob and Star engage in a duel. Bob loses, but then Vincent challenges Star to a duel. Back at dinner, Robert has uh, Reinhardt has created an anti-gravitational force field to withstand being crushed by the black hole. Reinhardt will enter at an angle of rotation. The vortex will slingshot them through at an incredible speed. Okay. Uh, Vincent beats Star in the duel. Star blows a fuse. Gets so upset he starts to shake and he blows a fuse. Okay. Bob then meets Vincent in the part storage. Bob agrees to reactivate Vincent's, Vincent's lasers. He tells Vincent this is a death ship. Reinhardt is on the, uh, on the search for ultimate knowledge. Harry and Holland suspect Reinhardt of ulterior motives. Harry wants to commandeer the Cygnus to return to Earth. So they want to do a mutiny. They want to knock out Reinhardt and take the ship back to Earth. Bob shows Vincent uh, the remaining crew members are being turned into robot drones. Durant tells Reinhardt's side against Holland and then the others, Durant tells Karen he wants to go with Reinhardt. Reinhardt gives Durant his formula to take back to Earth and to monitor the flight. Reinhardt says uh, the laws of nature do not apply. They vanish. Bob tells Holland and Pizer and Harry that Kate's father, Mr. McCree, was the officer the crew looked up to when Reinhardt had ignored orders to return back to Earth. He tried to take control of the Cygnus. Reinhardt de uh, declared mutiny and killed Mr. McCree. The crew were captured by the Sentry robots and are located in the command center. The command center is the first place they went to when they first docked in. It's these huge screens, and you see these people monitoring the screens. They're the robot droids. They're, they're, they're what's left of the crew. Okay, Bob tells Harry there's human humans underneath the robot shells. Holland then implements Harry's plan to take over the ship, and Harry is doubtful. Harry doesn't think it's going to work. Bob tells Holland the robotic change is irreversible and that death is their only release. Holland starts to count down to leave and gives orders to return Kate and Durant. Reinhardt takes, uh, takes Durant and Kate to the control room. Kate tells Durant the crew is ready to leave. Reinhardt tells Maximilian to prepare the reactors. Holland, Pizer, and Harry are prepping the ship. Kate tries to talk Durant out of staying with Reinhardt. Harry tells Holland they can't afford to wait for Durant. Vincent telepathically tells Kate to return to the Palomino and what really happened to her father. So Kate and the robot Vincent can communicate telepathically. Okay. Uh, Kate tells Alex, which is Durant, that they have to leave and tells them they're humanoids. Reinhardt wants, to, wants Kate to go with him into the black hole. Alex takes off the shield of one of the robot drones, and it's a humanoid. His face is all sucked in, and he's old looking, and he's in his robotic shell. Okay, Reinhardt says he would have been dead. They all would have been dead. It was the only way to keep them alive. Alex says, you said the crew left. 
Alex and Kate try to escape, but they're locked in. Maximilian then turns on his shredder blades and then begins to shred a hole in Durant's chest. And his body falls into a high-powered electrical grid. So Dr. Durant is dead. Reinhardt scolds Maximilian saying, you shouldn't have done that. He was a good man. Okay. Reinhardt then whispers to Kate, protect me from Maximilian. So at this point, we don't know if he's playing mind games with Kate at this point or if he's really a prisoner of Maximilian. Kate says, if there's any justice, the black hole will be your grave as she's taken away by sentry troops. Now, at this point, Reinhardt says, take her to the hospital. The hospitals where they do the conversion from humans to, to robots. Reinhardt order, orders Kate to be taken to the hospital. Reinhardt tells Holland he can take off. He says, Kate and Durant have chosen to stay. Vincent tells Dr. Durant is dead. He tells Holland, that's not true. Durant's dead. Maximilian killed him and Kate is being taken to the hospital. And they race to get Kate uh, as the ship begins to head for the black hole. Pizer stays with the ship. Pizer and Harry stay behind. Reinhardt sends a squadron of troops to kill Holland and the others. As Holland, Vincent, and Bob show up to stop Kate's mind from being wiped, they engage the robots in a laser fight. Reinhardt then gives orders to fire on Holland and the others on sight. Bob is hit with laser fire. Once again, Bob is the old, the old model of Vincent. Okay, Reinhardt will let the Palomino go, uh, get so far away from the ship, and he's going to shoot, shoot, shoot the ship down. That's the plan. Uh, Holland tells Pizer to leave with the others. Uh, Pizer and Harry decide to go for help to help Holland and the others. Harry fakes a leg injury to go back to the ship. So <laughs> Pizer and Harry are going. Uh, Harry fakes a leg injury. He goes back to the ship. So then Harry begins to take off by himself right before the others get back to the ship. As they watch Harry lift off, then Harry is shot out of the, out of the orbit. Okay, the others go looking for the probe ship while the Cygnus is being hit by meteorites. So they're actually going into the black hole at this point. The black hole is actually sucking in other meteorites behind the ship and is hitting it's crushing and banging into the ship. Okay, the Cygnus is experiencing structural overload and the ship is being crushed under the pull of the black hole. Reinhardt heads to the probe ship, but a piece of the ship hull falls on top of him. So he's being crushed by a piece of the ship. It pins him. Okay. And then uh, he, so then Reinhardt acts, tells Maximilian to help him. Maximilian turns his back and floats away. <laughs> so then uh, <laughs> that was fucked up. So then as they, they're approaching the, 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 the probe ship, Holland and crew then face off Maximilian. And then Maximilian and Vincent get into the long, Standing showdown that we've all been waiting for. And the consequence, Bob was hit by laser fire from Maximilian in the process. As Maximilian grabs Vincent, Vincent then electrocutes Maximilian and then uses a drill to breach its hole. And then as uh, Vincent is drilling into the hole of Maximilian, you can hear Maximilian start to scream like a human. Okay. So we suspected all along that Maximilian was a human. It, it, he was. All right. Uh, begins begins to screaming pain and then is sucked outside into the breach of the hole of the sh of the ship. Bob dies from his laser fire injuries from Maximilian. It was pretty sad. Bob was like, "You're the best of us. 
uh, don't let them forget us. Right. It was pretty sad. It's a robot, but, you know, still sad. Holland and the crew make it to the probe ship, but are unable to escape the pool of the black hole. And they're sucked in. The probe ship was pre-programmed to go into the black hole. They make it through. As they go through the black hole, they pass through hell. Hear me out. They pass through hell. Uh, you see Reinhardt's body floating in, in the space of above hell. And then you see Maximilian. So for the first time, you see Maximilian's eyes behind the visor. So the whole movie is just a red visor, red beam of light. And when he when they show him in on top of hell, you actually see human eyes behind the visor. And he's standing on top of a ridge. And below him is fire. Okay, it's fire and brimstone. So basically, uh, Max is the ruler of hell. Uh, and then as they pass through hell, uh, the probe ship goes to the other side of the black hole. Uh, there's a figure of a woman that flies by. And then the crew come into view of a brand new planet on the other side of the black hole. The end. <laughs> this breakdown does this movie no justice. This is a great movie. 1979. And I, I found I, I didn't even realize it was the hell part in the black hole. Uh, as they went through, they experienced all different types of time loops and time warps. But uh, yeah, 1979, man, this is where this Disney is so far from from that original path. If they just stayed on the uh, if they just stayed on the path with the movies like this, I mean, you know. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's still a great film. Still still a great watch. All right. So now, the next movies. There's a lot to unpack. There's a backstory, a huge backstory to this. We're gonna talk about the Omen. The Omen, 1976. Y'all, listen. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are movies you can appreciate as you're older because now you get to see all the signs and symbols and the themes behind it and um, how really immersed uh, these movies were. Um, the, here's one thing you got to understand as far as the Catholic and the Christian part of it and why the, they're so hell-bent on, um, you know, so exorcisms you would think are mainly for Christians and Catholics. No, there's Muslim exorcisms. There's there's Kabbalistic exorcisms. Uh, there's Jewish exorcisms. But for some odd reason, the focus is like when it comes to dealing with demons, the Catholic way is the way to go. Uh, Christ is the way to go, which there's no diss to, to the Jesus Christ consciousness aspect of it but it makes it, it it implies that it's more powerful when dealing with demons when that's not the case but let's let's get into it so now the omen 1976 gregory peck gregory peck is like in the same vein as of as of uh kirk douglas like old school white male movie star type shit like old heads know who gregory peck like gregory peck is like it was gregory peck it was rock hudson kirk douglas Cary Grant, these old white dudes that, you know, like movie star type shit. Now, The Omen is one of the most haunted productions ever. 
ever, ever. There's so much shit going on with the, with the Omen behind the scenes when they were making this movie. So let me get into that real quick before I get into the breakdown. Now, this came after The Exorcist. Okay. This came after The Exorcist. I will do a break, the breakdown of The Exorcist later on, you know, next week, probably, possibly. But here, here's the, the backstory of this movie. Um, so now, producer Harvey Bernhard uh, wanted to make this movie. Okay. Uh, so there's the conversation he had. Okay. An advertising executive named Bob Munger had approached him with an idea involving the Antichrist. Munger pitched the concept with caution. Bernhardt said he warned us that he thought the devil didn't want us to make the picture. Okay. In later interviews, both Munger and Bernhardt recalled how they predicted the curse in these early moments. Munger recalls his words of warning. I said, if you make this movie, you're going to have to, you're going to, you're going to have some problems. If the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible and you're going to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. Bernhard recalled the devil was at work and he didn't want that film made. Okay. The trouble ignited before the film even began production. The perceived catalyst was the tragic suicide of lead actor Gregory Peck's son who had shot himself in the head in June of 1975, just two months before the first days on set. When Peck flew to London for the role, his plane was struck by lightning. A few weeks later, executive Mark Neufeld boarded a flight from L.A. His plane was also struck by lightning, and he referred to the experience as the roughest five minutes I've ever had on an airliner. Okay. It got so bad on set, Bernhard began wearing a cross on set. At one point, the team had hired a small plane for some aerial filming, but the vessel was switched over to another client at the last minute. The plane reportedly crashed on takeoff, killing everyone on board. Newfeld, whose plane had already been struck by lightning, was staying at the London Hilton with his wife. The building was bombed by the Irish Republican Army in September of that year. Jeez. Okay. Uh, as filming rolled on, so did the disasters. One particular chilling zoo scene had a group of wild baboons reacting violently to Damien's presence. According to director Richard Donner, Don Damien's mother, played by actress Lee Remick, was legitimately terrified while filming the scene. For the safety of the cast and crew, an animal trainer had been brought on to deal with the baboons involved in the scene. He was killed the day after we shot there. Bernhard recalled, he was killed by a tiger. He grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly. Okay, here we go some more. Even after the film was finished, the curse seemed to live on, following those involved with it and inflicting them with unspeakable tragedy. The film's initial release was an obvious choice. June 6th, 1976. So when you did the numbers, it, it comes out 6676. In August of that year, special effects genius named John Richardson got into a terrible car accident. He was in the Netherlands working on Richard Attenborough's A Bridge Too Far. In the terms of the omen, Richardson had executed a perfectly gruesome decapitation scene. Richardson had survived his car accident in Holland, but his passenger assistant, Liz Moore, hadn't been so fortunate. She had been beheaded. 
According to local reports, a sign in the vicinity clocked the distance to a nearby town of 66.6 kilometers. You can't make this shit up, people. One of the film's stuntmen, Alf Joint, wound up in the hospital after one of his stunts went wrong. In one sequence, he was simply meant to jump from the roof to an airbag, but he seemed to fall abruptly and strangely. When he woke up in the hospital, he claimed he had been pushed by something. Fight night night. Uh, okay, okay, let me see. I think this is... Okay, that was all the shit that went down behind the scenes with this movie. Now, let's get into the movie itself. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> One of the most haunted productions on, on, on paper, on, on record, right? All right, so the so let me get some, some more backstory. The Omen, the theme song that everyone is so familiar with, you can't really describe it. It's, it's like a chanting, uh, uh, like a, you know, uh, it's called Ava Santini. It means hail Satan. It is an inversion of Latin phrases. Um, so it is the reverse of hail. It, it says uh, some of the lyrics are hail the Antichrist, Corpus Santani. It's like a Gregorian chant, but you know this music when you hear this shit, okay? Um, it's like that real haunting, like a choir, you know what I'm saying? So you hear it, you know exactly what, what, what I'm talking about. Um, okay, okay, okay. So here we go. Diplomat Robert Thorne agrees to adopt a boy to replace their infant that died minutes before. Father Spoleto presented the child. Robert does not tell his wife. Okay. A few years later, Damien is at a, is a toddler and Robert has been appointed uh, an, an ambassador to Great Britain. Thorne is being shown his new home. Thorne's old college roommate is now the president. During a walk along the river, they lose sight of Damien. He's standing next to a tree. Okay, so now we go to the, the birthday party. So first 10 minutes of this movie, they go in. Uh, during Damien's birthday party, the nanny, Holly, notices a black Rottweiler at the edge of the party. And then Holly is standing on the edge of the rooftop saying, Damien, it's all for you. Then jumps off as the noose snaps her neck and her body crashes into the second floor window in front of everybody at the birthday party. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. Damien sees the Rottweiler and waves at it. Uh, the next day, Thorne is faced with the questions from reporters. Father Brennan from Rome visits, visits uh, Richard Thorne. Father Brennan tells Thorne he must accept Christ as his savior and take communion as the only way he can defeat the son of the devil. Father Brennan tells him, He's killed once. He'll kill again. He'll kill until everything that is yours is his. Only thing, uh, only through Christ can you can you save yourself. He tells Thorne he was there the night his son was born. He witnessed the birth. He tells Thorne he wants to save him so Christ can forgive him. Father Brennan says 
He saw its mother. He tells Thorne he knows everything about his son. Thorne says, you saw my wife? Father Brennan says, I saw its mother. Thorne says, you're referring to my wife. Father Brennan said, it's mother. Thorne says, this is blackmail. Then come out and say what you want. Father Brennan says, his mother was a jet. And then security busts in. So we're like, oh, shit. Okay. So security busts in. Kick Father Brennan out. <laughs> he tell, Before he leaves, he tells, he tells uh, Thorne, accept Christ each day. Drink his blood. A photographer is de developing film in his red room. Uh, the new govern the governess, the new nanny, her name is her name is Miss Blaylock. She arrives. Thorne assumes Karen uh, found Blaylock. Karen asks uh, Blaylock, uh, "How did she get here?" She says the agency uh, seen the tragedy in the newspaper and sent her over. Blaylock tells Damien, "Have no fear. I am here to protect thee." Mm-hmm. Next day, Baylock tells Karen Damien doesn't need to go to church. Karen demands Damien uh, go upon arrival. Uh, she, that she, she tells Baylock he's going to church. Get him dressed for church. So as they approach the church, because they're going to a wedding, upon the arrival of the church, Damien sees the cross. <laughs> and he turns back to look at his mother. And as they get as they pull up to the church, he begins to uh, become frightened. Uh, and then he has a full psychic episode. He he flips the fuck out. He's got to whining and he, he attacks his mom. Okay. Uh, he says, he begins to growl. He's like, no, no, er, no. He's growling. This is a five-year-old child growling at his mother. Like, no, why he's beating her in the face. Okay. So, <laughs> so they leave. <laughs> they pull up and they leave and take him back home. Thorne suggests a doctor look at Damien. They realize he's never been sick. No cough, no cold, no mumps, no chicken pox. No measles. Later that night, Thorne discusses, uh, discovers Baylock has the Rottweiler as a guard dog. Thorne demands the dog be taken away in the morning. Karen, the wife, uh, takes Damien to an animal compound. The giraffes want to run away from Damien upon sight. As Thorne leaves his house, he sees Father Brandon at the edge of his gate. While during, uh, they go through the baboon compound. This is the scene that we were referring to earlier. The uh, They're driving through the, the baboon compound. Uh, the baboons become agitated. and They begin to attack the car. And then Karen drives off. Okay. Karen tells Thorne she needs a psychiatrist. She has fears. Uh, she has fears. At a rugby game, Father Brennan tells Thorne, to meet him later on. He tells him his wife is in danger and she'll die if he doesn't come. Back at the photographer's uh, red room, Keith Jennings is a photographer. Uh, he, he develops a picture of Father Brennan and there's a line running through his picture. Thorne meets with Father Brennan. Father Brennan tells him uh, when the Jews return to Zion and the comet rips the sky, the Holy Roman Empire arises, then you and I must die. From the eternal sea, he arises, creating armies on either side, or I'm sorry, on either shore, turning man against his brother till man exists no more. 
Father Brennan says Satan will wage his last offense via possession. That he tells him to go to the town of Megiddo to see the old man Buchenhagen. He alone can describe how the child must die. He will not be saved by the lamb, will be torn by the beast. Father Brennan tells Thorne his wife is pregnant and that he will not allow the child to be born. The son of the devil will kill you, your unborn child, your wife. And when he is certain uh, that, he, that he will inherit all of that is yours, uh, then he will kill you. And with your wealth and power, he will establish his counterfeit kingdom, receiving his power directly from Satan. Thorne then asks, asks him, what are you saying? Father Brennan says, uh, he must die, Mr. Thorne. Go to the city of Megiddo. See Buchenhagen before it's too late. Father Brennan tells uh, Thorne, you'll see him in hell. Thorne then leaves. The weather changes instantly. Father Brennan is caught in a storm. Lightning strikes uh, a tree. Father uh, Brennan begins to run. Lightning strikes the top of a church cathedral, causing a pole to fall down, impaling Father Brennan through the neck and now through his lower back into the ground. It's a pretty, it's a very chilling scene. Very, 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 very chilling. Back at the house, Karen has been irritated, has become irritated with Damien and summons Balak to get him. Damien gives Karen a very long look before he leaves the room. Karen tells Thorne she doesn't want any more children and tells Thorne she wants an abortion. She just found out that morning she's pregnant. Thorne gets a call about Father Brennan's death. Thorne speaks with Karen's doctor. Karen tells the doctor she feels Damien isn't hers and the child is evil. Thorne is against the abortion. <laughs> As Thorne races home, Damien is on his tricycle. This is the other scene that we, we all remember as a kid. He's on his tricycle. He's in a room with Baylock and he's just running in circles and circles. He's going in circles. Karen, the mother, is on top of a ladder trying to water some plants. Okay. So then Baylock opens the door and lets Damien out on a tricycle. So, okay. And. and <laughs> It, it, it's it's crazy. This movie's crazy. Uh, okay, so Karen is trying to water a plant on the second floor using a mini ladder. Baylock opens the door, allowing Damien to ride his tricycle along the hallway. Damien then runs purposely into the ladder, knocking Karen. Uh, ladder. Okay, yeah. So as she she falls over, she holds onto the to the banisters. And then, and you remember this shot. There's a long shot, uh, you on top of the of the uh, the fishbowl, and you watch the fishbowl just fall down to the ground and explode on the on the hardwood floor. So then, <laughs> long falling shot. Karen is holding on to the banister, hanging on uh, off the second floor railing. Damien gets off his tricycle to look at her. Karen attempts to climb back over the railing, but loses her grip. And then she falls onto the hardwood floor. Wait a minute. I, let me let me describe how she fell. When she falls, she's falling backwards. Then she turns her body 
mid fall and falls face first onto the uh, hardwood floor. Y'all know that you know what I'm talking about. My old head, you remember that how she fell? She's like, ah, and then she turns and then uh, and she hits the oh my brutal, 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 brutal. So then Damien, <laughs> this little shit. As she fails and hits the floor, he runs back into the room with Baylock. Uh, <laughs> okay, so then Thorne gets the phone call. He goes to the hospital to see Karen. She has a broken humerus, internal bleeding, a concussion, and she lost the baby. Karen tells Thorne, don't let him kill me. Thorne returns home to find the Rottweiler. The Rottweiler is still there. Thorne gets a call from the photographer Keith Jennings. Keith goes over his uh, pictures from Damien's birthday party. There's a line through Father Brandon's pic, the dead nanny's pic. Keith tells Thorne uh, Father Brandon had cancer, but he had uh, he had the six he had the triple six birthmark on his inner thigh. Father Brandon's room was covered in papers from the Bible. There are forty seven crosses. Hang okay, wait. All my masons, there were 47 crosses hanging in his room. Thorne is in Father Brennan's diary. There's an article of a comet changing its shape to the star of Bethlehem on Damien's birthday and a birth announcement of Damien. Thorne tells Keith uh, his son is dead. He doesn't know who his whose who's son he's raising. Keith also shows Thorne his self-portrait with a line going through it. So he knows his time is, his time is coming up. Thorne returns home to find Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Horton had left with the compound. Baylock tells Thorne they took the Rottweiler, the Rottweiler this morning. Thorne and Jennings go to Italy to research Damien's birth. The original hospital was, that he was born in was burned down on Damien's day of birth. They go looking for Father Spoleto in a monastery in Frosinio. Okay. Um, Thorne and Jennings go over the clues and revelations. And the clues, Father Brendan told Thorne, the devil's child will rise from the world of politics. Jennings and Thorne arrive at the monastery. They find Father Spoleto. Half of his face has been burned from the fire. He's fallen from grace. Uh, for abandoning Christ. Those who abandon the sheep may then uh, may their right arm wither and their right eye lose its sight. So Father uh, Father Spoleto, he doesn't speak, but he drew three sixes. Thorne questions Father Spoleto about Damien's mother. Father Spoleto then draws Servette. Then he passes out. So here we have the devil, Antichrist, and the false prophet, which are the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay? All right. Cavete is an Etruscan cemetery. So they go into the cemetery. They break into the cemetery. Okay? Jennings finds the grave site, Maria Schiana, June 6th, five years prior. They're being watched. They unearth Maria's grave to find the decayed body and bones of a jackal. In the grave next to it is Bilbo Skiana. Thorne opens it to discover his original child skeleton with his head skull bashed in. Thorne and Jennings are then chased and attacked by Rottweilers. They barely escape 
as Thorn is, uh, is attacked and his arm was partially impaled upon the fence spike. Thorn calls Kathy at the hospital and tells her to leave London immediately and, 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 and to fly out to Rome. As she attempts to get ready, Mrs. Baylock shows up. And then you see Kathy's body out of the, from falling out of the, the uh, second, second floor sto- uh, hospital story window. Into an ambulance. Thorne gets a call about his about Kathy's death. Jennings tells Thorne the history of Megiddo. It derives from the term Armageddon. It's 60 miles south of Jerusalem. They go to Megiddo to find Buchenhagen. Megiddo is the birth of Christianity. Buchenhagen gives Thorne seven knives. It must be done on hallowed ground. A church. Blood must be spilled on the altar of God. The first knife extinguishes the physical life and forms the center of the cross. Subsequent placing extinguishes the spiritual life and should be and should radiate outward in the pattern. So he just he has these knives splayed out and how they should be displayed in it, you know, when you step when he stabs them up. Okay. Uh Buchenhagen tells Thorne. This is not a human child. Make no mistake. Thorne asks for proof. Buchenhagen says he bears a birthmark, a sequence of sixes. Thorne says he doesn't have it. Buchenhagen says check in his hair. Buchenhagen says you must be devoid of pity. Thorne mentions the woman Balak. Buchenhagen says she is an apostle of hell and will die before you permit this. Jennings uh, pesters Thorne about what was said. Thorne tells him and throws the knives away. Jenny says he's not a child, and if you won't do it, then I will. So as Jennings is, is gathering the knives that Thorne threw out, a man gets out of a flatbed truck. An unseen force releases the parking brake. The vehicle begins to roll back at a high rate of speed. As Jenny is collecting the knives, <laughs> the uh, the flatbed truck hits a curb. The glass pane shoots off the back of the flatbed truck, and Jennings is beheaded as his head rolls on the fl- over the flat plane glass. Uh, <laughs> the glass crashes into a store behind him. Thorne is later on the private plane back with the knives. Thorne arrives home. The Rottweiler instantly senses him. The Rottweiler then trots downstairs. Thorne hides from the dog. He then locks the dog in the basement. Thorne goes upstairs to Damien's room. Damien is sleeping. Thorne then begins to cut his hair to reveal the sixes. Thorne is then attacked by Mrs. Baylock. She tells Damien to run. Thorne is then able to, to kick Baylock off of him, knocking her unconscious. He grabs the screaming Damien and begins to exit the house, but is then electrocuted as Damien rips out one of the light switches and falls over a railing. Baylock goes after Thorne again. Baylock attempts to stab Thorne with a giant fork, but then Thorne stabs Baylock in the neck with the knife and the fork killing Baylock as she uh, as she dies the Rottweiler in the basement lets out a, a wail okay it begins to wail 
Thorn then speeds by a, po a police officer, and the chase begins. This is where he fucked up. He was speeding. So then Thorn pulls up to the church, then drags a hysterical Damien inside. He drags Damien onto the altar, grabs the first knife as Damien pleads, Please, Daddy, no. No, Daddy, no. Thorne says, please, God, help me, and then raises the knife. The cop bursts in, guns drawn, saying, stop or I'll shoot. Okay, before I get to what happened, even if he would have stabbed him with the first one, he would have he, he had to hit him with all seven. This wasn't going to happen, but okay, let's continue. Okay, so then... As he goes to stab Damien. So then you know when you go to stab somebody, you just go straight down. You're supposed to drive straight down. He put a hit, there's a hitch. So you got the knife up here, and you and you do one one final hitch, you go up and then down. You're supposed to just drive straight down. So he did the, that hitch. And he went right back up one more time before driving down. They fired the cop fires his gun. You see the bullet exit the barrel. And then the next scene, there's a funeral. You see Thorne and his wife buried side by side, and they're given a 21-gun salute. The president, Thorne's college roommate, takes custody of Damien as Damien looks back at the camera and then begins to smile. The end caption reads, Here is wisdom. Let him have understanding. Court the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man and his number is 666. God damn. That's a fucking deep, crazy ass movie. All right. I'm only 47 minutes. This is going to be a short show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to, this is going to be a short show. My bad, y'all. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the sequel. Now, mind you, there was a third sequel with, uh, not Corbin Benson. Was it Corbin Benson? I forget. It was a third sequel. And then there was a TV series in 2006. But all that shit doesn't matter. Like the TV series when he was, he was, he was, he was, he was an adult and he, you know, whatever. He was like, you know, full, full blooded antichrist. And you're like, I'm Damien. Blah, blah, blah. That shit's it's trash. The sequel, the, 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 the third movie's trash. The, uh, the series after that is trash. The only two movies that really matter are these first two. Honestly, to me, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. The sequel, 1978. 1978. It's seven years later. Oh no, no. I, before I before I even I, before I even go that far. So, the opening scene takes place one week after the events from part one. So Buchenhagen is racing through the outskirts of Megiddo. He meets with Michael. To show him the picture of Damien. He tells Michael. Damien is, is on the face. Uh, is one of the four faces of the Antichrist. On the walls of Yigel. Or Yigel. Okay. Michael doesn't believe him. He tells Michael. He gave Thorne the daggers to kill Damien. Uh, Buchenhagen tries to give Michael a letter. To give to Damien's uncle. Describing everything. Which is Thorne, uh, Robert, which is Richard's brother. Okay. So it's Robert and Richard. So we have Richard now. Okay. 
as they enter. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Describing everything. Michael rebuffs. Uh, Buchenhagen tells Carl, uh, tells Michael to come to Eagle's Wall. As they enter the excavation site, there's a black raven watching them. They go to Eagle's Wall. They see a, 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 a painting of Damien with snakes on his head and has wings of a dragon. The cavern suddenly caves in around them and, and they're partially crushed underneath uh, the sand and falling pillars. So <laughs> Michael is killed instantly. Buchenhagen is still alive. So as the sand is filling up around him, he's saying the Lord's Prayer. And he's like, yo, you're not, you're not going to win. Um, you're not going to win. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, hold on, hold up. Omen 2006. Yeah, I, I don't care about the, the remake, Jeffrey. I don't. Those, all that shit's trash. Only two movies that, that really matter. One and two. Everything else is trash. Okay. Um, so the, the sand is, he's being buried alive. The sand's filling up. Uh, and then it's more debris are falling on top of uh, Buchenhagen. He's finally dead. Okay. Now, seven years later. So they died. They're dead. They've been dead seven years now. Buchenhagen and, and, and Michael. Seven years later, Damien's with his uncle, Richard. It's with his uncle, Richard. They live in Chicago. Okay. So now they're on vacation in Chicago. Um, uh, Aunt Marion tells Mark, the cousin, Damien's cousin, uh, to be careful around Damien. She doesn't like Damien for whatever reason. She can't put her hand on it. She can't put her finger on it. But, you know, these old old souls know. It's, some of these kids, it's, it's got bad spirits on them. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then Marion and Damien are uh, um, Margaret and Damien returning back to military school. Marion tells Thorne, Richard, I'm sorry. She she wants the boys taken out of military school. She wants them sent to separate schools. Richard's wife objects. Marion reminds her that Mark is Richard's ex-wife's son. And Damien is the son of Richard's brother. She wants Mark away from Damien. Marion asks Rich, Richard, why did his brother Tried to kill Damien. And his wife wants Marion gone in the morning. Uh, the Thorn Museum gets some artifacts, including the Whore of Babylon statue. The Whore represents Rome. You have the Ten Horns of the Beast, represent the Ten Kingdoms. Uh, you have the Ten Kings with no kingdom. And then that they will be given temporary power by the devil, aka the spoiler a.k.a. the desolate one, uh, the little horn. The ten kings shall hate the whore and make her desolate and naked. Uh, it shall eat her flesh and burn her of fire. Jeez. There's a pic of a writer named Joan Hart. She's working on a biography of Carl Buchenhagen, who died seven years prior at the beginning of this movie. That night, uh, Marion is awakened by a black raven on the edge of her bed. Marion then has a heart attack and falls on the floor, dead. Then the, then the raven flies away. At school, Damien and Mark meet their new, uh, new platoon leader. His name is Sergeant Neff, played by Lance Henriksen, and discovers Marion's dead body. Paul. Uh, okay, so Paul. We have Paul. Now, this is where it gets deep. 
Paul, the new manager for Thorn Industries. He wants to he wants Thorn to buy land for large scale and sophisticated farming, along with pesticides and fertilizers they produce. Paul wants to, to develop new strains of high yield, disease resistant grain crops. What does that sound like? Well, let me say that again. Paul wants Thorn to develop new strains of high-yield, disease-resistant grain crops. What company does that? What company specializes in grains and seeds? Monsanto. Monsanto. This is 1978. All right. So senior project manager Bill Atherton doesn't like his proposal. He says, feed the people, then buy their land from under them. Richard then gets a call about Marion. Damien meets Sergeant Neff. Damien then confronts a bully who was beating up Mark, Teddy. Teddy is then thrown against the door by an invisible force while Mark looks at Damien in disbelief. Mark then asks Damien, what did you do to him? Damien says, I don't know. Richard and Paul have lunch. Richard decides to shelf Paul's report for now. Joan Hart meets Richard on his way to the airport. Joan tells Richard, Buchenhagen was an exorcist. He practiced, he, he was an, he was a, uh, expertise in exorcism. That exorcism, that's what also Buchenhagen does, okay? Did. And that his skeleton was found at the Thorn Excavation. It was found at the excavation site near Eagle's Wall. She tells him his brother also met with Buchenhagen. She got that info from the, the decapitated photographer Keith Jennings. Okay, this shit all ties in. Before being kicked out of his, uh, his car, Jones says she was never religious. She never believed in the prophecies. She tells him he's in grave danger. Uh, restore his faith in Christ. Only he can protect you. Eagle's wall has been discovered. In the 13th century, Satan appeared to the monk. The monk is named Eagle. And then he received visions of the Antichrist from birth to downfall. So he drew all this on a wall. Okay. Joan then shows up to the museum to meet with Charles and Anne. Joan asks... Uh, and questions about Damien. Joan then tells Anne and Charles she's seen Eagle's Wall, and then she leaves. Charles is the curator of the Thorn Museum. Okay, he goes him and him and Rich, uh, Richard go way back. Joan then goes to Damien's football practice. He looks at her, and she becomes immediately frightened. So then, while driving down a, a highway, she's saying the Lord's Prayer. Her car then runs out of gas. As she steps out of the vehicle, there's the black raven on top of her car. It then chases her down the road and begins to poke out her eyes. So she's being attacked by this big, this big black bird. And it's poking out her eyes. She's like, oh, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes. You remember the scene, man. You remember the scene. Okay. So then after this bird attacks her and is done attacking and poking out her eyes, she she crawls out the side of the road and she's in the middle of the road and this semi-truck comes through 
and just smashes her. Okay. Runs her over viciously. Matter of fact, it, it hit her and then her body flies up on top of the uh, of the uh, trailer and hits the trailer. Damn. All right. Next scene. It's Mark's birthday. Uh, Paul and Bill play nice. Paul then makes small talk with Damien and invites his classmates to the plant that Paul manages. Paul then tells Damien he will be initiated and to accept who he is. The next day at the uh, lake, Anne and Charles talk briefly about Joan's death. During a hockey game, the raven appears again. Old man Bill Atherton, the senior project manager that shelved Paul's idea, falls under the ice. He's taken, he's taken under, under, under the ice by the current. They're trying to break him out and free him from the ice. And the whole time, Paul's just watching this all take place. That night, Richard names Paul as the new president. Robert and Anne are going on vacation. Paul sent uh, Vesarian to India to look at property to purchase. There's a design issue with the P-84 unit. In class, Damien and classmates make a caricature of the professor. This is probably the best scene of the entire movie. The professor then begins to quiz him on Napoleon's campaign. He asks Damien, how many men did he lose on his march to Moscow? Damien says 450,000. He asks for the date. He says 1812. He was deposed. He, deposed, he was deposed in, uh, emperor in 1814. He returned to France and began the Hundred Days War until he was defeated at Waterloo. The date, 1815. The professor says, let's stick to dates. He says, what's the emperor's, de emperor's death? 1821. The Battle of Nau, 1789. Trafalgar, 1805. 30 Years War, start or finish. Start, 1618. The Black Death, 1334. Abraham Lincoln's death, 1865. Charles I, 1649. Now, mind you, this is Damien giving him the answers. Okay? Damien's on his shit. Okay? Uh, so then Oliver Cromwell, 1658, Thomas Small, 1535, Thomas uh, Tebeckett, 1170, the Black Pens, 1376, John Paul Moir, 1793, Denton's death, 1794, William McKinley, 1901, death of Socrates, 399 BC, Aristotle, 322 BC, Alexander the Great, 323 BC, Sir Francis Drake, 1596, Julius Caesar, 44 BC, Roosevelt, 1945, Richard III. And then Sergeant Neff walks in. That was the best scene in this movie. <laughs> you have to just that scene alone. He, I mean, he's just, ugh, he's killed. And the professor, he's stuck. He's just, he's just throwing shit out. Even the professor at this point didn't know the half the dates of these. He's just throwing shit out there to see if the kid knows. Okay. Sergeant Neff then summons Damien to around the corner. He asks Damien, what were you doing? Trying to show off. Damien says he just knew the answers. He doesn't know. Uh, Neff tells him he mustn't attract attention. Damien says he wasn't trying to. Neff says the day will come when everyone will know who you are. But that day hasn't come yet. Damien asks, well, what do you mean who I am? Neff says 
There's things you don't understand. Read your Bible. In the New Testament, there's a book of Revelation. For you, it is just that, a book of Revelation. For you, about you. Read it. 13th chapter. Read, learn, understand. Uh, Damien then asks, uh, what am I supposed to understand? Neff says, who you are. Damien grabs a Bible and begins reading the passage about the beast and the mark of the beast and the number 666. Damien begins to part his hair and finds the mark on his scalp. Then runs outside frantically as Neff watches him. Damien runs to the end of the pier asking, why me? That night, Mark tries asking, well, what's wrong? Damien brushes it off. says, nothing, I'm fine. Vasarian returns from India. Paul tells Vasarian to meet with him ASAP. Paul, uh, Vasarian tells Paul one of the potential clients was found strangled to death after he refused to sell to Thorn Industries. Vasarian tells Paul he was in eight, in eight provinces and three other provinces. There were three deaths after they refused. Paul tells Vasarian the P84 is acting up. Later that day, Damien's class arrives at the plant. Damien then stares at uh, Vasarian as he tries to call Robert uh, Richard Thorne. Paul pitches his argument, uh, his agricultural plans to the board. He says, he says, the indigenous people must not think they're exploiting them. They're there to help. Passerian is testing the P-84. A valve blows a worker off the ladder, killing him instantly and filling the area with toxic fumes. Passerian is caught in the toxic mist and is killed. As the students run out of the out of the out of the plant coughing, Damien is unaffected while Paul looks at looks up at him. So Paul clearly is a is an apostle. Sergeant Neff clearly an apostle. Okay. At the hospital, the doctor mentions Damien was not affected at all and wants to keep him for a few days. But Damien complains and wants and the doctor relents. The doctor played by Meshach Taylor. Meshach Taylor, uh, what was the name of that, that TV series with, with the white women? Delta Burke. That's who that is. That's who that guy is. Meshach Taylor. So a little tidbit there. I forget the name of that movie. I mean that, that TV show. It had it had Delta Burke and like two other white women. Somebody in the chat knows it. Somebody? Anybody? I forget the name of that, that TV show. Okay, moving on. Um, okay, the doctor, while obsessing, uh, while observing Damien's blood under a microscope, discovers Damien has Jackal's blood. And the doctor takes the blood sample and heads to the elevator. Designing women. Thank you, guys. So this is probably the most second gruesome death scene in, in, in any movie, period. All right. So during the, the <laughs> during the rise to the 16th floor, the elevator stops and then begins to descend at a great rate of speed. Then it quickly stops, snapping the weighted cables down. And as the, the weighted cables come speeding down on top of the elevator, cuts the elevator in half, splitting the doctor in half. And probably one of the most gruesome murder scenes ever on film. Top 10 murder scenes is the doctor getting cut in half by the cables. 
without question. <laughs> Teapot, I see you, big dog. <laughs> hey, tell Action Potential I'll be ready for him a, a Wednesday. Uh, okay. Um, let me see what else. What do we got? What do we got? Okay. Charles then arrives at the museum and opens the box of daggers Buchenhagen was carrying along with the note from Buchenhagen. The knife handles have a crucified Jesus on the tilt or on the hilt, rather. So the blade that you would handle, the, the, the blade handle, it's like carved uh, Jesus crucifixion crucifix on it. Okay. Charles then hides the daggers and takes the note with him. Charles races to the Thorn residence. Damien answers the door. Charles speaks with Richard and asks him what really happened to his brother in Rome seven years prior. He said Buchenhagen wrote his brother a letter about Damien. Richard says, I never got the letter. Mark overhears the conversation. Charles tells Robert, there's proof. Eagle's wall. Uh, Richard becomes irate and shuts down Charles. The wall arrives in New York the following day. Richard tells Charles to go and go look at it. Charles leaves. Mark that night reads Revelation, Revelations in the Bible. Robert then reads Buchenhagen's letters and then goes to bed. Damien is in his bed wide awake. The next morning, Mark confronts Damien about his true identity. Richard lets Anne read Buchenhagen's letters. Anne doesn't want Richard to go to New York and not treat Damien any different. Robert and Anne go for a walk. Mark tells Damien he knows who he is. He overheard Charles and his father conversation the night prior. The devil could create his image on earth. Mark says, I see what you can do. Your father tried to kill you. They said he was crazy, but it's because he knew. Damien tells Mark he loves him and he's like a brother to him. Mark says the beast has no brother. Now, before I get into the next part, this is very good acting on, on the actor play, that plays Mark as far as his death. Okay, because if if by his acting, if this has high, this is what it feels like to have an aneurysm. I don't want an aneurysm. Okay, <laughs> so let's get into it. Damien says he was adopted. Mark says a jackal. You were born of a jackal. Damien says yes, born in the image of the greatest power, the desolate one. Desolate because his greatness was taken from him and he was cast down, but he has arisen uh, in me. Damien tells Mark to come with him. Don't make me beg you. Damien tells Mark to look at him. I'll ask you, he said, I'll ask you one more time. Please come with me. Mark then begins to grab the side of his head. <laughs> and some of the best acting, uh, he has an aneurysm. And if, like, like I said, if, if that's what it feels like to have an aneurysm, even though I know he's acting, that shit looked like it it hurt. Okay, that shit looked painful as hell. <laughs> this kid acted his ass off the aneurysm part because he's like screaming. He's he's ah! 
brutal, 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 brutal. Oh, 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 oh. A very painful aneurysm, okay? And he falls dead. Damien then lets out a wail, and Robert and Anne come running. Damien says, he fell. I didn't do anything. He just fell. I didn't do anything. At the funeral, uh, Richard replays the conversation with the doctor, saying Mark had a thin artery wall, and it collapsed. And it was all, it was likely uh, there since birth. Richard goes to New York to a church where Charles has been hiding up. He's been hiding. Okay. Charles tells Richard he's seen the wall. It's true. He saw Damien's face. They go to a train yard where it's being loaded. Richard goes to unlock uh, the cargo uh, the ca the cargo carrier. Uh, then <laughs> a mysterious force releases the parking brake on a locomotive. As it rolls towards Charles, pinning him in the coupling. So he's the, this train is going. It catches him in the coupling. And this is going. And he's like, ah, okay. <laughs> Charles is then crushed between train cars in between the coupling locks. Killed instantly. At the initiation, Damien is awarded the officer's saber. Richard then returns that night and orders Damien to be brought to the Thorn Museum. Richard tries to convince Anne Damien is indeed the one. Richard finds the daggers that Charles hid. Richard says, he's not human. The boy has got to die. Anne tries to stop Richard. Damien overhears the argument. And then grabs the two daggers, turns around, and then stabs Richard in the stomach. She says, there's your daggers. I've always belonged to him. Richard then falls dead. Anne yells, Damien. And then a fire breaks out and engulfs Anne in, in the flames. Damien then walks out of the burning building and is then picked up by his driver. Damien then gives a smirk. What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was Damien the Omen too. Um, the Masato thing was I I I didn't even realize that was in there. Now, mind you, you know you, you see these movies way differently when you watch them as an adult. Way different as as an adult. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy religious themes uh, in, in this bad boy. So it, it's a classic. It, it's a classic. So um, yeah, I said this was going to be a short show because I wasn't able to do the hand uh, like I wanted to do. So it'll be for next week, and I promise to do at least four breakdowns instead of the typical three. Um, let me go through the chat real quick. Uh, yeah, shout out to everybody Nick and Dinah, Tori, Ryan, Iron Five, my mans, Cindy, old crazy ass up in here. Truth teller, that's my guy. That's my guy. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna get out of here because really ain't shit else for me to talk about. I'm not gonna sit here and run my mouth for y'all. Know how I don't. MJ Givens, hey, uh, let's 
let's see, let's see. Okay. If not any questions, I'm going to wrap this up. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Capricorn 1. Man, that's an old flick, Jeffrey. Let me put that on the list. Capricorn, I, this list, is it keeps growing. I can never knock it down. I'm making any dents in it. So I'll, I guess I'll never run out of material. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm over the coronavirus. They, they, they just flew um, some people into Texas. Nick, they're in Texas now. Nick Taylor, uh, coronavirus victims are in Texas. At, I think it's Kelly Airfield. Shout out to my uh, my nurse. She uh, sent me the information. So they're they're in Texas now. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. You know, I think I should start. I should start charging for movie breakdowns. Matter of fact, I'm gonna start doing that shit. Oh, you made a video? Okay, so you 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 ahead of it. All right, good, 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 good. Yeah, I'm gonna start charging y'all for movie breakdowns. So if there's a movie that's not on my list and you want me to, to review it, you're gonna have to pay me. You're gonna have to pay me. Dead ass. Dead 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 ass. So yeah. Um, with that being said, let me get out of here. William Jervis said Texas steers, queers, and virus fears. Oh my God. <laughs> tomorrow, Inquisitors. Uh we're gonna get it in tomorrow. Other than that, you guys be easy. Um, love and light to everybody. Thank you everybody for, for hanging out with me. Um so yeah, with that being said, you guys have a good night. Peace.